I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Biden's poll numbers have been tumbling everywhere, including here in the state of Utah. The Deseret News and Hinckley Institute of Politics have a new poll out that sheds a lot of light on where the disconnects actually are between the White House and those living here in the state of Utah. But to get past the headline, what does it actually mean in terms of what happens here in the state? In particular, can those headlines be deceiving in terms of the impact it might have on local candidates who may have supported the president or his agenda and are now running for office? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Very pleased to have back on the program once again, Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. Jason, thanks for joining us today. Uh, boy, always great to be with you. And you're joining us from our nation's capital, where a lot of the uh, rumblings and grumblings are uh, coming out today. But uh, we want to talk about some polling right here in the state of Utah. Of course, we know that the president's approval numbers nationally have been dipping over the last several months. And uh, new polling out today by the Hinckley Institute of Politics and the Deseret News. So what does it tell us? Well, it's, it's interesting to see what's happened to the president's approvals uh, since he became president. Keep, keep in mind, as a backstop, he got just under 38 percent of the vote in Utah to begin with. And the survey uh, that was done this past week with uh, Desert News and the Hinkley Institute of Politics showed that 65 percent of Utah voters disapprove of the job uh, President Biden is doing. And I put that in context, that's about 32 percent that like the way he's handling his job in running the country. And uh, that's that the, the unfavorables right there is a number that has continued to climb for the president. Yeah, and it seems to me that there was a, a little bit of a, a honeymoon period there for the president after the election. I think there was sort of a collective exhale and, and let's give the president a chance. I think there were a lot of people, uh, especially here in the state of Utah, who were really rooting for the president, uh, that we should root for all our presidents. Uh, I think in particular, uh, even though he didn't get a, uh, a lot of the vote here in the state of Utah in 2020, there were a lot of people pulling for him. But it seems as the policy uh, train continues on and the lack of bipartisanship uh, becomes more divisive, it seems like some of that uh, goodwill may be eroding even here in the Beehive State. Well, that is absolutely what's happened here. And you see this sometimes in presidencies. They all have their ups and downs depending on what's going on. Uh, but, but you've identified a, a couple key key points here that's happened for, for President Biden. Uh, one is there, there was a brief uh, honeymoon phase here. People, at least there was an exhale, a, a willingness to, to see where the policies were going to go. But you look what's happened, and this is really kind of the analysis of what's happening, that his approval numbers is look at the issues that – have been going on since he's been president, the things he's weighing into, Afghanistan, uh, coronavirus, uh, the new variants, uh, our borders, uh, workforce shortages, supply shortages. These are any one of these things are all by themselves the kinds of things that would could take a toll on whoever's in office. But you put them all together and you kind of see what 
what the president is facing right now, not just in Utah, but around the country. Uh, and it seems like there is a little bit of disappointment in Utah in terms of, uh, you know, the president really ran on being a deal maker and someone who could reach across the aisle. Uh, and yet we've really not had any of that uh, coming out of Congress and, and the administration. Uh, does that seem to be weighing on that on those numbers a little bit as well? Well, it absolutely is. And I'm, I'm here in Washington, D.C. right now. I've been meeting with members of our delegation and people in our congressional offices. And that, that hope, that's what they're telling me, is that hope that there would be an opportunity to, to bring people together and to cut some kind of deal, some kind of compromise. Uh, I know our delegation is not seeing it at all. And, uh, you know, the Democrats are even fighting with their own party. So you kind of see what's happening here. Uh, if people were looking at President Biden to come in and say, I'm going to find the, the path uh, of compromise on both sides. I'll tell you, our delegation doesn't see it. And uh, people in Utah, as we talk about the key issues that they're concerned about, they're not seeing it either. Yeah, you rattled off a number of uh, of the big issues from Afghanistan to the pandemic to the border and supply chain, uh, the economy, inflation. Uh, all of those seem seem to be stacking up uh, against the president at the moment. Uh, if you were advising him from a communication strategy, uh, how do you how do you turn the tide on kind of a a bad trend? I know uh, you can never uh, they're kind of light years in terms of uh, political time in terms of the midterms, but uh, what would you advise the president in terms of how do you start changing the direction at least of some of those numbers? Yeah, well, it's, it's going to take a, an effort to reach out and show a willingness to find uh, find the middle ground uh, when when they are not able to find deals between the Republicans and the Democrats right now on things like stimulus package, for example. And even what you're going to see this week uh, in a very serious way on covid uh, vaccine mandates, mm. uh, there just has to be some kind of dialogue there where it doesn't look like I'm going to give it a, an effort. And if, if the effort is hard or it doesn't look like I make it, I'm, I'm just going to abandon the effort for the, the compromise and, and just go ahead and kind of bigfoot it a little bit. That's the perception right there. So, for, so from a communication standpoint, the less it can look like he's trying to bigfoot uh, the policies themselves, I think it's better for him overall. And there are many of those big issues which there is a broad range of opinion about. Uh, my, my hope is, Boyd, because you and I love the insider insider political game. You know, we have a couple of these like these big elected positions over this next week and a half, two weeks, and some prize places in the part of the country where the president's trying to help them win their elections, for example. I hope as we get through a couple of those things and we start seeing a return back to the dialogue itself, because that's the only way that these numbers are going to turn if they do. Yeah, and, and that uh, does turn uh, just to, not only to races like Virginia and New Jersey and uh, some of those places, uh, but then that exactly. will very quickly pivot uh, to uh, right here in the state of Utah, obviously rolling into the 2022 uh, midterms. There will be a, a lot of looking there. There's been a number of candidates who are, are kind of trying to stake out a position uh, similar to the president in terms of, of that middle uh, and uh It'll, it'll be interesting to see. And how do you think that plays out if the president's approval numbers continue to struggle? Uh, what does that mean for more moderate candidates uh, here in the state of Utah rolling into 2022? Yeah, so I, I think the, the path for elected officials, whatever side of the aisle you are in the state of Utah, is going to be for this president uh, like it was for the last president. You're going to have to stake out your own ground. Uh, where you're not spending all of your time time trying to explain or defend or to justify uh, whatever those policies are uh, in Washington, D.C. Utah has its own brand in any event, 
And so uh, you know, I'll, I'll, it, look, it looks very clear, at least right now, uh, for the Democrats, there, there are no coattails right now in Utah for, from President Biden. But uh, I'm not sure historically that needed to be the case anyway. U- mm-hmm. Utahns really do like their own have their own approach and their candidates to stake out their own 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 policies and their own positions. So anyway, I think that for Democrats and there are several. We have we have we have I think three Democrats already filing uh, in the race uh, for Senator Mike Mike Lee's position. We have other Democrats throughout the state and moderates on both sides. They're going to have to carve out their own space here. That that, that more moderate and I and I understand that 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 the space is where a lot of Utahns are in any event. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. And so as you as you look at the numbers, Jason, uh, anything else you're you're kind of keeping your eye on or anything come out of your polling where you thought, oh, there's something we haven't been thinking about that may be uh, maybe coming into play uh, in the months and, and uh, days ahead? Yeah. So I think that we need to watch closely what happens on some of these the stimulus packages. We talked about this a little bit, the stimulus packages and how those are accomplished and I, I think we're going to see a lot of discussion this next week on this federal vaccine mandate. Uh, uh, state agencies, universities, uh, people doing business with the government. I'll just, th- this seems to be a really hot issue uh, for the coming uh, for the coming week and a half. Uh, particularly, you start looking at I think this December first timeline when people who are doing business with the federal government have to put some policies in place. And uh, not a lot of not, not a lot of discussion is happening about that. But our our own state legislature is talking about it. Universities and the governor's office are talking about it. It's going to be very interesting considering where Utah is on that particular issue, how they react to uh, the policies and mandates coming out of Washington D.C. I think that's one to watch close because it. it that's a political issue and a campaign issue. Yeah, and that'll be uh, that'll be heightened as we get to that December first, because just two days later, of course, we'll be back to uh, calamities and cliffs uh, with uh, the debt ceiling and yes. uh, funding of the government. So we'll we'll put the mandates mix in uh, with fiscal cliffs uh, of all kinds, and that will be a, a real great ringing in to uh, December here in the state <laughs> of Utah. <laughs> That's how you end the year, right there, Boyd. <laughs> All right. Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Great polling, as always. Great perspective. Uh, always appreciate you coming on the show, Jason. Thank you, Boyd. Lots to look at in those numbers. We'll continue to break those down and look at what they actually mean for each of us here in the Beehive State. Coming up next, the FBI says there is a huge spike in the number of attacks on churches and synagogues in the United States over the past year. Rabbi Avrami Zippel, who found a swastika etched into the door of his synagogue earlier this year, will talk about what's going on and how we can best respond. Coming up next, stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.